I suspect when you got up this morning, after you looked outside to see if there was any snow on the ground, you walked over to wherever it is in your bedroom the light switch is and you turned it on. There's a reason for that. We've done the other way before. You know, if you've got people in, in, in the house and don't want to wake them up, and so you leave the lights off and you try to walk across the room where there's not anything but darkness, and you run into the coffee table, or you trip over the chair, or you, you step on that child's toy that was left out. You, you remember that, and so you say, well, they're just going to have to wake up, because I need some light to see where I'm going to go. It's no surprise that light is used in several places throughout the Scripture to describe God. John uses that very same image, an image he takes out of the Old Testament, an image he takes out of the teachings of Jesus, as he introduces the heart of his letter here in 1 John chapter 1. We're going to start reading in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. This is the the theme of this passage of Scripture. It's the theme of John's letter that we call 1 John. It's the theme of this series of messages we'll be looking at through April and May. All of us as believers should seek every day to walk in the light of Jesus. The Bible tells us that God is light. Now, once again, John emphasizes he's not repeating some teaching that he's heard from someone who heard that teaching from someone else who heard that teaching from someone else. No, he says very clearly and very directly, this is the message we heard from him, from Jesus. And now we declare to you. John was there. He heard Jesus teaching the 5,000. He heard Jesus proclaiming that he was the Son of God. He saw the miracles. He was there at the crucifixion. He saw the empty tomb. And he saw the risen Savior. In everything that he knew about Jesus... In in those three years of intense time where he spent virtually every moment of those three years with the Lord, in everything that he saw Jesus do, in everything that he heard Jesus say, one thing was clear. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. John was there when... Jesus identified himself as the light of the world. And John records that in his gospel in John chapter 8. Light was often used in the Old Testament 
as an illustration, an image of God, the light that illuminates the path in Psalm 27 and Isaiah 49, the, the light that, that illustrates the holiness and the perfection of God. Lights also used in the Old Testament to contrast with the darkness of this world, the, the evil and the tragedy and the heartache that we face. That's the exact opposite of what we know in God. John recognized that God is light. And the light of God was perfectly revealed in Christ. Now that was in direct contrast to the teachings about the Greek and Roman gods. They were portrayed with all kinds of moral failings and flaws. Some of them were portrayed as absolutely evil. Christ is the complete antithesis of that. And John had been there. He had seen it. He wasn't just talking about something that he'd heard about from someone else. He saw Christ and Everything that he saw Jesus do in everything that he heard Jesus teach, Jesus was without flaw, without even the hint of evil. In him, there was no darkness whatsoever. And that's significant. Because if Jesus is not the perfect Son of God, then there is no perfect sacrifice on the cross. And without his perfect sacrifice on the cross, there is no atonement, there is no salvation, there is no hope. This is no small thing that John is talking about in this passage when he talks about Jesus being the light. It's, it's the reason why John wrote the letter. It's the reason why he wrote his gospel. Everything we believe hinges on this truth. Either Jesus is completely God, one and the same with the Father and the Spirit, or we're without hope. Now, in our, our life groups, the groups that started uh, last week, and there's still time if you want to join one of those, they're, they're looking at several classic Christian books. Last week, they, they looked at the wonderful book by C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. And, and here's how C.S. Lewis put this thought in, in that book. He said, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. And then he continues. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. There are those who would argue that Jesus was simply a great moral spokesman. Someone whose life is worth emulating. But they would stop short of calling him Lord. 
To do that rejects the Jesus who is described in the Bible. Because in the Scripture, in no uncertain terms, Jesus is described as God in the flesh. And without that understanding, everything else about our faith falls. God is light. And Jesus perfectly shows us that light. The light revealed in the pages of the Bible is the light we read about in the life of Jesus. And that leads us to an inescapable conclusion that we as followers of Christ are called to walk in the light. John continues in verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. John makes several important points in this passage. First, since Jesus is the light, if we claim to be followers of Christ but continue to live in darkness, something's wrong. It's like when you go to the store and you purchase a light bulb. You bring it home, you install it in the fixture, you turn on the switch, and nothing happens. If that's what occurs, you're going to take that light bulb out of the fixture, you're going to take it back to the store, and you're going to say, you need to give me another light bulb. This one doesn't work. You didn't just buy a pretty bulb. You bought a light bulb because you needed some light. If we claim to be followers of Christ, our lives should look more and more like His. Now, we won't be perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. But our life should reveal a dramatic difference because we know Jesus. Now, living in Christ has an interesting result. We have fellowship with each other. I, I talk about this with every couple that I perform their marriage. It, it would seem like the, the best way to grow your relationship would be for, for the husband and wife to, to focus them, their uh, lives and everything that they're doing on each other. Now, the problem is husbands and wives typically come into a marriage with, with different ideas of what the ideal husband should be or the ideal wife should be. And so they're looking for that ideal in their spouse. And when, of course, nobody is exactly that ideal, instead of growing together, they start growing apart. But as believers, when both the husband and wife focus their heart and their life on Jesus then as they grow closer to Him, they grow closer to each other. Now that's actually true in all of our relationships. As we focus on Jesus, we grow closer to each other in fellowship. 
or as John puts it, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Our relationship with God actually impacts our relationship with others. And it's because we come to realize this central truth. The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Folks, that's, that's the crux of the matter. If Jesus is not perfect, if he's not the son of God, if he's not the light of the world, then he cannot purify us from all sin. It's like one year when, when I was a youth minister... And we were, we were raising money, and, and thank you to everybody who helped out with the garage sale. You guys did a great job, and I know they were able to do very, very well for, for uh, uh, the youth missions for this, this summer. And if you notice some youth and youth leaders kind of dragging this morning, that's why. Or they're kind of chipping the ice and snow off of them, that's why. But we appreciate everybody that helped out with that. But, but we were raising money for our youth group, but we did it through a car wash. And everything was going great. We had a long line of cars and people were, were, were coming. And everything was just going well until about midday. And some of the people that the kids had washed their cars, they came back. <laughs> and their cars were filthy. I mean, they were just terrible. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was about to go out and fuss at the, the kids and say, you know, what are you guys doing? We're supposed to be washing cars, not making them look like this. Until we realized what had happened. The sponges and the towels that they were using to clean the cars, as more and more cars went through, the sponges and the towels got dirtier and dirtier. And so by about the middle of the day, uh, they weren't wiping dirt off. They were wiping dirt on the cars. Now, you couldn't see it because they were wet, but when they'd take them home and dry out, it looked like they'd been driving through a mud puddle in a sandstorm. Now, I realize that's impossible, but you get the idea. They really looked bad. We need to see the same thing about our lives. We need the perfect life of Christ to provide the perfect sacrifice for us. Because only in His perfect sacrifice, only if He is the Son of God, only if He is who He claimed to be, can we have the hope and security we have in our salvation. And knowing that, knowing that we have been made clean in Christ, that He has forgiven us entirely of all our sin, taken all of our shame and all of our guilt, knowing that we should seek to reflect the light of Christ in everything we do. This week in, in our life groups, if you're in, in those, they're going to be taking a look at another wonderful book. It's, it's a book by a fellow named Jerry Bridges. It's called The Pursuit of Holiness. That book goes back a ways, and it's kind of been forgotten for some reason. Uh, uh, used to be uh, used a lot in, in churches, but it shouldn't be. It's a great book that talks about this very truth, that as believers, we should seek to be more and more like Christ. That ought to be our goal every morning as we get up to realize that we're not perfect, but to seek in every way that we can to be more like Jesus today than we were yesterday. It's a great book. I encourage you to pick one up and and read it. The Pursuit of Holiness. See, that's the thing. Sometimes we convince ourselves as believers that we just can't be what we're called to be. 
that we're, we're just not good enough. Maybe somebody else is, but, but we're just not good enough. Folks, it's not about us. It's about the one whose light we are reflecting. And we ought to provide the cleanest mirror we can so that the world can see Him in us. We can follow the clear teaching of Scripture to walk in the light as we know Jesus. Heavenly Father, help us. This this is difficult. We struggle with it every day. Because we continue to be faced with temptation. We continue to be faced with the darkness of this world. And sometimes, Lord, we convince ourselves we're just not good enough to move forward. But, but God, it's not about us. Help us see that. Help us to see that we are reflecting the light. The perfect light that you have revealed in your Son, Jesus Christ. God, help our lives every day more and more reflect you. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.